This is Bittersweet Toxicity. This ride's about to get bumpy. Hi, I'm the StreamYard Mallard. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm quitting the show now. All right. Thank you for episode eight. Come back, come back, come back. Come back. Who are, who are back, you again? <laughs> what are we supposed to be doing today? Come back. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Welcome to Bittersweet Toxicity. I am here with myself as your host and Mark and Patty as my co-hosts. And this is episode eight. Mm. The Ocho. (laughs) Yes. We are talking today about the lack of sleep, the strung outness of the V. Yes. Well, I am in my car every day for the most part, because most of the time I hold on a second. What is happening right now? I don't know, but Mark's facial expression just made me laugh. (laughs) I had a pop up that just kept popping up and I kept making it go away and then it just kept coming up again. So after like the fifth time of closing it, I was giving it the eye. So I am learning how to rotate parking lots. Uh, which parking lots are good, which parking lots are bad. There is a very strange subculture that until you are going to a parking lot and spending 10 to 12 hours a day in them, you probably (laughs) don't notice. And I call that subculture parking lot people because they live in the parking lot. This is quite a stretch, Kvac. This is just Wait a minute, didn't we start this whole story off with like how to make friends by hugging people at Walmart? Yes. <laughs> you, I need a friend, parking lot. I <laughs> have no idea there was such a thing as parking lot people. It's bizarre. Like you don't notice, right? Because what do you do? You get in your car or on your bike or however you get to the grocery store. You get to the grocery store. And Mark, you might not know this because you're like a city person. I'm sure you've shopped in the suburb stores, but more often than not, you're in the city. So you walk to your little bodega. There's no parking lot people there. Those are the homeless in the streets. <laughs> well, there's a parking lot, but nobody hangs out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you probably, even as a person, would get towed or rousted. <laughs> But there are you get parking someone lots. yelling at you like, hey, I want the spot. Why are you sitting there? Yeah, yeah. there are parking lots yeah. where you won't. And some of them are at Walmart. Some of them are at other stores. The really sketchy ones where you know you're not going to be rousted are not paved. They are just really, they haven't been repaved in years. Like potholes big enough to lose your car. But there are people that really live in those parking Inside lots they yeah they live in their cars yeah. they live in rvs they've got laundry hanging out outside they know each other they have conversations they exchange goods they it's like a whole thing that happens wow. that i had not been aware of until i actually started spending time in parking lots i never right. really became one of them because i don't fantasize about getting murdered 
So I just minded my own business and locked my doors and laid in the back seat of my car and covered myself up with blankets if it was cold or left the air conditioner running if it was hot. I don't so want to the, befriend you murderers. You're starting to scare me as I to mean, what the hell is going yeah, on in this parking lot. Let's not generalize that people that live in parking lots are murderers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently they're a bunch of murderers. <laughs> uh, good to know. I'll avoid parking they're lots. They're down the on their luck, you know. Down on their, well, and I don't want to say that all of them, but I don't. I don't have that particular fantasy and I just don't know people. I don't trust them yeah, like that, so I don't you're, know. You're, yeah, you're protecting yourself. Right, exactly. And I'm a single lady who at that time was still right. younger and I think still pretty good looking. So I had to. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't think this help is, myself. I'm uh, sorry. Patty just did the queen wave for those of us that can't see the podcast. I, I suspect there's also somewhat of a north-south issue at play here. Oh, like, yeah. You find a lot less people living in parking lots in Minnesota. Well, right. and we never it's went cold. to. Yeah. It's too right. cold. That's what I mean. Right. Like, right. You'd find yeah. dead people in the parking lot. Like, yeah. right. But I don't know that it's a north south thing per se, because most of the time we were above the Mason Dixon line. Right. Most of the plants that B went to was, you know, like Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York, occasionally Maryland and Virginia, New Jersey. Okay. I was just thinking there'd be more parking lot people in Virginia than Connecticut, but. Right, because you don't have to worry about freezing, literally. (laughs) Right. Parking lot rarely needs shoveling. Right. Well, and it's so funny because the one time that I took B to Connecticut, I got stuck because I still had my stupid red Oldsmobile Alero and I got stuck in the snow and there was a man who had a compact shovel. He said he traveled everywhere with it and he just took it out clicked it together and came out and shoveled my tires so that I could drive out of the hotel parking lot. Cause I was stuck there. B had just left with another coworker to go to another job and just left me there. Like, bye. See you later. No worries. He was such a dick. I'm sorry. Like really just, and I never noticed it. I just was smiling the whole time going, everything is fine. My life is fantastic. I love it in the parking lot I, with yeah, all these I murderers. Mean, <laughs> I think you, you know, I think that as human beings, we tend to, I don't know, somehow ignore situations when we're in them, when we don't want to see what's blatantly there. We have this capability of just. I don't know, seeing through rose-colored glasses, like they say. Yeah, and for me, I I just looked at him, and, and because I don't know that how horrible people can really be, I guess I just made excuses in my mind, like, well, he's just not as thoughtful as me. Like, some people are just not mm-hmm. built the same way. Never equating it to, obviously, if the same behavior happened today, I'd be like, um, no, motherfucker, no, absolutely right, not. right. And he was better than all the parking lot murderers. True, yes. By just a margin, but not a whole lot better. <laughs> and I, so now I'm tired and I'm strung out because we get back to the hotel after his, like I have to pick him up from work. So we get back to the hotel. We're there for maybe an hour. Then we go out to dinner and then we get back to the hotel and be 
I don't know. I'm like a vampire. I need to sleep in complete and total cave darkness and silence. Like, I don't want noise. I don't want light. I inherited my father's super thin eyelids that if somebody lights a match across the street, I'm like, turn off the light. <laughs> so I don't. And sometimes, like, I'll sleep really hard. We've had that discussion before where once I'm down and completely down, I'm out. But I think if you turn a light on, I'm now waking up. B couldn't sleep like that. He did with me when we lived, stayed together in North Carolina. But when we were on the road, it would be like he'd have the TV on. The cricket is back. All right, ladies and gentlemen. My co-host just left me and there's only crickets. (laughs) So he would, we would go to bed at night and he would play the TV really, really loud with like action movies where there's shooting and yelling and screaming. So now I'm not getting a good night's sleep. There were a couple of nights and I hate to, tell the stories but there were a couple of nights where like when we first got together he was holding me and every time I fell asleep he would reach down and pet my hair or pet my face or pet my back and wake me back up again Mm -hmm. and he did that on purpose there was another night where he had pain in his tooth and because he was awake, he wanted me to be awake. So he woke me up every, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour. He was all, a very cruel man. It's all part yeah. of the brainwashing technique. Selfish. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm exhausted because I'm not sleeping good at night. Then I have to get up at five in the morning to get him to his job site. So... I'm getting up at five, dropping him at his job site, finding a parking lot by like, I don't know, seven in the morning, maybe depending on traffic, sleeping for two hours, maybe getting him coffee, bringing it back to his job site, then going back to a parking lot and now like kind of forcing myself to stay awake. I really only slept that first morning bit of time. And the rest of the day, I just had to fill up by calling friends or what I wound up doing was because I realized I had no money coming in, was plugging back into the lifestyle. So there are two sides to that adult entertainment. There's the side where it's dirty and you're assisting with men's completion. And then, right. And then there's the other side that is um hold on let me get my character on please cross my palm with silver dollars and i will tell your fortune Ah, cultural appropriation i know i'm getting canceled (laughs) (laughs) but i So there was that other side to it. So the other, I found when I was in the cars, in my car, in the parking lots, the side that was actually paying me was the fortune telling side. Right. 
the other side had stopped being really a good money maker. So I would have both lines turned on and ever get them confused. I could see some really funny potential there. Oh, no, sorry. Wrong line. <laughs> yeah. No, only cause it announces itself when it calls you, it says, hello, this is whatever service you're using. So it's very hard to get them confused even as tired as I was. So I had my deck of tarot cards and I just told people's fortunes in the, in my car and made a little bit of money. It wasn't like I an amazing living, but I made a little bit of money. I regularly plugged in and I regularly had, you know, I don't know, 50 or $60 coming in each week. So at this point now, when I do run it, I've got enough like of a rating that I could make $200 a week, but I don't want to do it full time. Like it's not enough or stable enough to make good money off of that. Right. So this is what I did to like bring in a little bit of extra money for gas, for things that I wanted. And going back to books and that book, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. I loved that book. I had left North Carolina without it. And the book that I had, I had gotten from my brother-in-law and I wound up having to buy him a new one because I'm very hard on books. I buy them and if I read them, I'm tearing up the spine and pages are falling out and there's chocolate all over the pages. Like I really get into a book and I destroy it. Mm -hmm. So I wound up having to buy him a new one. Well, mine had just fallen apart before I left North Carolina. So it was one book I didn't bring with me. And I wound up going to a bookstore and they had released a 10th anniversary of it. And the book was $60. And B chastised me in a way that wasn't like, oh, how dare you buy this book? But he made me feel so embarrassed about spending money. And he was like, don't you think like that money could have been better spent on something else, like $60 for a book. He made me feel so bad that I wound up bringing the book back and returning it, hmm. which infuriates me now because I, why can't I just have one thing that's mine? Right. And you bought it with your money. Right. Not his money. Right. We were not sharing accounts at this time because he was making the money and I was just driving from parking lot to parking lot. Mm -hmm. And at one point I was so tired that, you know, I, I was in a Walmart parking lot and I was parked all the way toward away from the doors so I could sleep kind of in peace. And the further away you are from the store, the less noise and sort of harassment you get so i woke up and i had to go to the bathroom and i walked into walmart and they don't have doors on their bathrooms i was so tired and not paying attention that i legitimately walked into the men's room <laughs> i didn't realize until i saw a man at the urinal peeing and then went oh my god and ran out of the bathroom and was laughing the whole way and that I ran into the ladies' room and I stayed there for 20 minutes because I was didn't want to see that man. Oh, my God. At one point, it's quite possible, so embarrassing, it's quite possible I was getting rickets. Because you can't really live on a diet of coffee and fast food. It's not, 
really good for you. And I remember my entire body hurt and I thought maybe I was getting sick. Like I didn't know what was wrong. Every muscle in my body was aching and it was probably vitamin D deficiency, all of them really. So I, right. I wound up going to the pharmacy and buying a multivitamin and it took like two days before all the pain in my body went away. And I just had to start taking a multivitamin every single day because I felt so terrible. And I was like, Oh, I, I don't want that pain to come back because it felt like I was sick. Mm -hmm. I had vitamin C, vitamin D, sorry, vitamin D deficiency because I spent a whole winter here and then went back to New York and spent the whole winter there. And Uh, yeah, come April, I'm having severe pain, like in my rib cage, my back, like, and I had just redone the garden at home and, you know, there's ticks and stuff because the house was in the middle of a forest. And I thought I had Lyme disease. I went to oh the God. doctor. They drew blood, all this. They did every blood test possible. And they came back that I was severely uh, deficient in vitamin D. They gave me some crazy amount to take for like three days and then lowered the dose. And like you said, within two days, all the pain went away. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. how vitamin D deficiency can cause so much pain. Like, Yeah, and I'm going through that now because I had such a low level, but I didn't realize because I wasn't in any pain. But I, my level was so low that I had to take a super high dose one, which as a fun aside, when I initially started taking it, gave me the most loudest gas imaginable. Super <laughs> <laughs> <Do a> butt. <laughs> It was super fun. I'm like, oh my God, I can light up a whole city with this. Uh, Welcome to Doctor's Corner. Yeah. Oh, I have to sneeze. Hold on. That was a sneeze. Well, I didn't want it to be super loud. <laughs> She's delicate. She's a delicate flower. She's a delicate flower. Oh my God. I'm not a delicate flower when I fall. Trust me. (laughs) When I was married, there was this very hilarious incident where one of the cats used to love being outside. So we would keep the garage door to the house. So the door between the garage and the house open, but then you had to be careful, like opening the overhead. So the door had been open. I didn't realize Kay was coming home and the garage overhead garage door started opening and Sassy starts running to the outside. Now I don't want Kay to run him over. So I'm running after Sassy. Never saw the pencil on the floor. Kay said I danced on it like a cartoon <laughs> character for like three minutes before I lost my balance and fell and skidded across the concrete floor. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I thought my arm was broken though. It really hurt. So now while we're in traveling around to all these different sites at one point, L B's friend left. He either couldn't cut the job or didn't want to do the job or they didn't like him. I don't really know what happened. Nobody's ever going to tell me the truth on that. And I don't really care. It just was, he was there once and then he didn't go back out again. 
Uh, well, not once, but a couple of times he was there and then he didn't decided not to go back out again. So B made friends with another guy at work who was hilarious. This man was so cool, had a wife and a kid at home, the kind of dad who like had a little girl who did the makeovers on him. So he would come to work with like nail polish on his toes and his hands and sometimes remnants of makeup. Like, oh, I was playing with my little girl this weekend and, you know, she dressed me up. I thought that was hilarious. And we started getting along and I thought he was very funny. Well, I drive up to B's work site one day and we were going to dinner together. We were spending time together, the three of us. I drive up to B's work site one day and this guy walks by the car and I greeted him and he barely looked at me and he kept like he like mumbled hello and kept walking. And I remember when B got in the car, I'm like, what was that all about? And he said to me, oh, I had to have a little talk with him. You guys were getting too close and I didn't like it. He was acting inappropriate with you and you're my woman. Mm. How bizarre is that? And I don't really know because now the conversations that I've had with you guys over the past couple of weeks, I'm wondering if B didn't, instead of being macho, right? Because he didn't have the conversation in front of me. He just told me, well, this is what I said. And you think, oh, that's so stupid and so macho. But I maybe instead of being macho, he just told the guy that I was saying terrible things about him. Right, Who knows? Right, right. Right. But the guy stopped talking to me, like almost completely stopped talking to me. And then at some point just wasn't, I never saw him again. Like he either didn't go back out on the road or. Avoided you guys or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Maybe he told him that you were a parking lot murderer. I know. <laughs> that might make me a little scared too, you know. Um, so many bodies in my car. <laughs> she spends the day hanging out in the rest of those murderers. Oh. And B was like during this time weirdly cruel. I am ticklish in weird spots. And I, I don't like certain things. So sometimes what he would do is very high up on the thighs where all the nerves are. I'm like slightly ticklish there, but it's also like a weird, uncomfortable thing. If you like squeeze it too hard, like it's super sensitive up there. He, so he would squeeze my thighs and I'm telling you, he would squeeze them so hard and so much that I would have bruises from like my pubic bone down to almost my knee. That's weird. Yeah. That's not like mildly weird. That's like real weird. Yeah. Yeah. He just loved to do that kind of thing. And then, I don't know, one day we were at the hotel and we were talking about something, joking around or whatever. And he said to me, like, slap me as hard as you can. So I slap him, but not hard. You know, I think it's a game or whatever. He slapped me back so hard that my head rocked. Wow. So now I, but, I waited. Okay, God. question. He asked you to slap him, but did you know he was going to slap you back? I don't think so. I think that day he caught me by surprise. Right. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. He was very bizarre, but he used to brag about having girls get on their knees and punch him in the balls. Uh, I mean, you know, it exists. Like, people, there are like sadomasochists and people that like pain. Well, he liked being the center of attention. 
Right. It's just weird. I, I can't imagine that. I don't have the male reproductive organs and I can't. I would just be. Doesn't, doesn't sound like fun to me. No, but I, I mean, I can tell you as a woman, it hurts like hell to get punched in the boob. And I'm not yeah. going to have somebody punch me in the boob over and over again. Like, right. I, I, I don't, don't know if it's comparable. I don't know if it's comparable to a man's uh, ball sack, but it hurts really bad to get punched in the boob. Really, like horribly bad. Yeah. Yeah. I can believe it. I, as a kid, slipped getting into a pool, and I slipped in that split stance. So, you know, the the lady bits hit that concrete edge going in and that didn't, I remember that did not feel good. I cried. Oh, no. I mean, but I feel like that because something I got hit there riding a, a boy bike. <laughs> My brother was teaching me how to ride a bike and he just pushed me down a hill. That was the way he <laughs> taught me. How to ride a bike. He just, yeah, he just pushed me down a hill. <laughs> essentially and i had no control of the bike and it was just going 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 and i couldn't like i didn't know how to steer it or anything and i hit like a basketball post and Ooh. landed on the bar because it was a boy bike so it had the which i don't get why the boy bike has the straight bar it skirts but anyway it skirts that's why because you're I don't know assumed, what that means you're a woman so you're assumed to be wearing a skirt oh, so with a man oh. bike the skirt would okay. be up around your waist and oh, with a girl okay. bike your skirt hangs down so you're decent and such gotcha. yes yes i always Man, thought that was wacky too i was like yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. propriety but, right but anyway i i hit the basketball post and scooted off the seat onto the bar hard yeah. and Ooh. like it hurt to go to the bathroom for like a couple of days like because that's popular. bone it's bone essentially yeah like now, can you imagine, like, if you had your boob skin down there and hit it? Like, no, right, thank you. Right. Yeah. Right. No, thank you. Yeah. It's all painful. Yeah. yeah. But Mark, be... Mark doesn't like this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> B loved that kind of stuff. Like, it just was weird to me. So I remember he slapped me across the face. Now he was either getting in the shower or he had just gotten out of the shower and I waited for him to come really close to me and I slapped him back so hard and then I opened the hotel door and ran down the hallway <laughs> and he's fast but he couldn't catch me because now I was like running for my life for your life yeah Plus yes. he's naked well, right now he's just wearing a towel. Well, he realized as I rounded a corner to head towards the lobby that I'm going towards the public. He turned around and went back to the room. And now he's just standing there outside of the room and he's looking very sad and dejected. So I turned around and I said, oh, you're not coming to get me? And he said, no. I said, are you going to slap me again? And he said, no. And I said, I'm afraid. I don't want to come near you. You have to promise that you're not going to slap me. And he said, no, I promise. And when we went back in the room, he didn't. He did not slap me. And he just said, I realized that we're at the hotel and we're at my job and we can't mess around like this. Mm -hmm. But there was another time where he 
was messing around with me on the bed and he squeezed my head like he put his hands on either side of my head and started squeezing. I don't know if you've ever had anybody do that to you, but it is so effing painful, like ridiculously painful. I thought that he was going to. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, there's Ah. a reason why, like, if you watch movies like from medieval times and stuff like that, putting they put people's heads in vices as torture, like casino. Oh, I did not see that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see his eyeball pop out? No. Oh, it didn't. It didn't feel good, and I cried. And he never apologized to me. Well, he, when you said he squished your head, and then the look on Patty's face, I think it said everything. Yeah. <laughs> that look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Head squishing. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Taking a weird he, turn with the head squishing. Like to show off by by picking up diminutive females by with his hand because his hands were like the size of garbage pails so he could just grab them by the top of their head and just lift them up and down and the girls i guess loved it i don't want you to mess with my head like i don't Mm -hmm. want you to really touch it a whole lot brush my hair maybe give me a massage 100 percent. squish it or grab it to lift me up no thank you i'm good i i'm full i had head squishing for dinner last week i don't i'm not (laughs) i didn't like it I'm sorry. I can only have two portions of head squishing a week. Right. Yeah. It's very yeah, filling. And just, I don't. That, I mean, wow. Craziness. Super weird, Super weird yeah. head squishing. And I just kept letting him, like, I just kept letting him do these weird things and push these weird boundaries with me. I didn't know how to say, don't do that. I don't like that. You just and didn't if love I... yourself. You just didn't love yourself. Thank I God didn't. you do now. I do. And I remember crying with the head squishing thing. And he he really got mad and annoyed because I was hurt. What? Makes yeah. sense, actually. That that perfectly makes sense. The whole life. Really? You ruined his good time. Right. You, yeah. you big meanie. Vanessa's like, <sighs> look at that face. Yeah, you 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 know, he was just trying to have fun and squish your head and you had to ruin it. (laughs) How dare I? Exactly. I'm gonna go sit in the corner and think about what I've done. I'll be right back. (laughs) You have to be more head squishing receptive. What's wrong with you? I'm gonna go ask Catnip. Can you please squish Squish my head? Yes. Squish my head, please. Uh, I'd like to see the look on his face. I'm absolutely not going to do that. No, never. And it's weird because for a little while of time post B, I did get very heavily into the pain scene. And head squishing or not? No, not head squish. Nobody ever squished my head. But (laughs) never got head squishing. Head squishing, I mean, I'm assuming really feels like you're gonna be killed like yes i don't know like i'm assuming it feels like they're trying to kill you like it was trying to very painful head. right there was like sharp and i mean it's things. gonna be terrifying and i i can only imagine that it's terrifying and he used to do this shit to me out of nowhere out of fucking nowhere all of a sudden it would be a slap across the face or a squishing of the head 
I don't know, Patty. Head squishing. Wow. Nah, not my kink at all. No, I feel like he had like like murderous inclinations. Yeah, like <laughs> like there was just this line and I don't know how then it was that he could have at any moment just really squished your head. Yeah, like crazy. Mm-hmm. When something's really, really crazy, I'm going to be like, that's head squishing me crazy. <laughs> like, we've come back around to head squishing again. Yeah. Yeah. That's not just crazy. That's head squishing crazy. <laughs> it's going to become a, a, a normal part of your vocabulary. See? Like someone bat rear ends you in a car, you get out. Are you head squishingly crazy? <laughs> And I, I agree with Which you. Which will be even weirder here because people speak Spanish here, so they're going to be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I agree with you guys that there, I think there was a fine line for him. I don't know that he was intentionally trying to murder me or anybody, but I do think that there is a fine line of rage in him where he can easily cross over. I just can't even... Now, looking back on that, like, I still have to shake my head and go, it's something I don't understand. You know, I've, I've definitely gone probably up to catnip and like put my hands on his cheeks and just been like, oh, you're so cute. But I also don't have the head hand strength to really wrap my hands around his head and squish it. And it's such right. a weird thing. Why would you do that? Heads are fragile. Right. There's a big difference between face mushing and head squishing. Right. What right. you're describing is face mushing. That's a completely different story. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like this part of your face is a lot more strong than this part of your head, you know? It like, also doesn't contain your brain. So it's not like exactly. you're squishing my CPU yes. over here. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, like looking back on that, I think if I hadn't have cr started crying, he could have really, really hurt me to the point where I could have had to go to the ER and maybe we would never be doing this podcast because I would be spoon-fed for the rest of my life. Right. I, I never yeah. met Patty because you got your head squished. Right, exactly. And an alternate timeline. Yeah, and it just was bizarre, just the things that he would do. He went from nice and trying to be gentle to pushing boundaries for no reason. Later on, at one point, he had dug his fingernails into my back for no reason. He was hugging me and squishing me, and he dug his fingernails into my back until he peeled skin off. And I was bleeding. There was a scar there for a long time. And then he, when I got up, he actually sat on the edge of the bed and was looking dejected and said, I don't know why I did that. And now you, you're bleeding and I hurt you. Yeah. That's a trifle crazy-er. Yeah. When I tell you I spent a year in hell, it is, I don't think, a metaphor. It literally was hell for me. And here I am just faking it like to everybody. This go, like this goes beyond like, you know, mental manipulation and emotional manipulation. Right. This is like. 
a lot of the stuff that we were discussing before felt intentional. Like he was following a plan. He was messing with your head. Like right. now we're getting into like pathological behavior. Like even right. he doesn't know why he's doing it. Yes. Yeah. Scarier. Yes. Scarier even. Not in control. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to make a statement of fact. So I'm going to throw out a supposition. I think that those guys who worked on the road, I think there was a lot of drug use. You know, they used to party in the rooms. B would go into another room and he'd be gone for hours. Um, so I think that there was a lot of partying and I think there was a lot of drug use. And I think that when you have a lack of sleep and too much stimulants, I think that you can go crazy. The, yeah, there are definitely, definite psychological definitely. needs for sleep. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And on top of that, he has tendencies that aren't quote unquote normal. Right. Like head squishing. Right. <laughs> right. And just being manipulative and selfish and, you know, all those well, other scarily, things. Scarily, those are all very normal unfortunately yeah. you know <laughs> i'm just saying the head uh, maybe not weirder. to the extreme that he was though true yeah well the last place that we landed was poughkeepsie not the last place but in poughkeepsie remember i had been in healthcare for 20 years so i have a special registry that i needed to keep up for my career and we were in Poughkeepsie miraculously for three whole weeks. So during those three weeks, I got to spend time with my family, with my sister, with my nieces, with my mother and father. Um, and I also realized I am not sure that it's a good idea to let my registry go. It took me so long to study for it. And it was such a hassle to get it with, doctors that had to sign paperwork and I was like I'm not messing with this I already have it it's easier for me to keep it I spent three weeks every day on the computer and pretty much told B during this time we can have lunch together but I'm not going to do the whole coffee thing like I have to study and I have to get this done and I spent every day in the business office doing these tests and finished up right as we were, I think I had a few days before we were ready to leave Poughkeepsie that I was finished and had completed what I needed to do for my registry. I'm glad that you had the, at least the capability of in that situation with him of maintaining that, you know, that, you know, not, not letting him take that away from you too. I think that's thanks to my parents who taught me that no matter what I do with my life, even if I am in a relationship with someone, I still have to have some semblance of independence yeah. and what I work so hard for should be things that I keep. You know, my grandmother wanted me to marry wealthy and marry a doctor and not have to work or care about money, but she grew up in the Great Depression. So for her, it was marry somebody rich and you never have to think about it. Mm -hmm. My parents were like, marry whoever you want, but make sure that whatever you do, you can stand on your own. Right. You don't want to be financially dependent on anybody. 
Right. That's the worst thing you can, like, I tell my child that all the time, like, if there's anything I can teach you is that you cannot completely become dependent of another person, whether it's financially, emotionally, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know, they are, are there other people are there to complement your life, to add to your life, not to become dependent on them or vice versa. And that was a discussion that he and I had had before I arrived, you know, in his wake being carried along by him was, you know, you're never going to have to work and you're just going to be a stay at home mom. And I think at some point, maybe because of all the torture, right? When you think about it, it's all torture, psychological, emotional, physical. I think at some point, maybe I realized, well, I should have a backup plan just in case. But I've always been that way. I always have to have an escape route of some kind. And for that escape route, you know, maybe another escape route and three more behind that one. Like if this doesn't work, then I should do this, this, this. I think I've always been like head down type of planner, which has benefited me in some cases. And then also been a crutch, not a crutch, a hindrance in others. Cause some people are like, Oh, just go with the flow. You know, we've talked about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I could see it like a commitment issue. Maybe. I think I've always been prepared with like one foot out the door and in situations where I haven't been prepared with one foot out the door, ready to run and go back packed. It has bitten me in the butt. So mm-hmm. I try to always have a backup plan, even with mm-hmm. catnip. Like we have a pretty good relationship. And I think initially we started off and I didn't have any kind of backup plan. And then when things got weird and squirrely as in relationships, there are ups and downs. I realized, Oh, I have to plan. Like I, I still have to have this, these other plans. Right. I personally don't ever think that that's a hindrance. I think you can be go with the flow and stuff and still protect yourself and have a backup plan. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's good to be extreme in any way. Right. I don't think it's good to be extremely cautious. I don't think it's good to be extremely go with the flow. Like, oh, let life just happen. No. Right. <laughs> Extremes are not good. Agreed. Thank you for joining us at Bittersweet Toxicity. The show was brought to you by North Circus Productions, LLC. Artwork was done by Vin Lisa. Music was mixed by me, Vanessa. Sound effects were borrowed from Zapsplat. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bittersweet Toxicity Podcast. And if you would like to support the hosts, you can find us at Bittersweet Pod on buymeacoffee.com.